At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey guys, welcome back to the other Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello, hello. Hello, Devin. And we are joined by two special guests today, Dennis Tyrell from Tyrell Networks and Chad Kimmel from Summit and C. Smithing. What's going on, guys? Hey, good to be here. Yeah, man, happy to be here. It's, it's, hot. Awesome. it's hot out here in Texas, but we're in the AC right now. <laughs> it's hot up here in Maryland, too. It's no joke. <laughs> cool. All right, Devin, what do you got for us today? The universe never explains why. Pulled that again from my Rick Rubin book. Who knew he was so insightful? It is like a book of crazy quotes. But anyway, um, just what we're discussing today some things don't need to be explained and some things don't have a good rhyme or reason for why they happen, but you just kind of move on, see what you can do to help. And, and that's the thing you got to just see, always see where, if there's a space where you can squeeze it in and try to help. Not everything. The universe isn't going to lay it out for you. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think like that quote is, it's really good because it's, you know, the universe doesn't explain anything like things happen and it's just up to each person individually who, and everyone's perspective is different. So it's up to each person individually to like go move along and, you know, continue with what you're doing or continue with, with what your own reaction to what happens around you. I mean, I think of like that today I was um, working on gluing up um, some of the sheep shear knives I'm working on. And one of the, handles when i was putting it in it was like a little crooked so i just took it over to my vice and i put a you know a pair of pliers on it and i went to just tweak it just a little bit like a maybe a 30 second maybe even less than that just to get it a little bit more in line and just that little bit of tweak and it just the the blade snapped right off of the the sheer handle mm -hmm. and like that's in lucky. that moment <laughs> yeah right i was just like uh, you know like and i mean fortunately i guess in my mind i was like okay well i have you know, 10 other knives here. I'm doing a big batch. So, you know, it's not all my eggs in one basket. Um, you know, and then I was like, okay, well now what do I do? I have this handle that's fit specifically for this one. And so I started looking at it and I was like, well, I could kind of grind down and make a little pairing knife. And then I, I kind of mentioned that to my wife and she was like, Oh, that's really nice. And she started thinking about the size of it and all. So again, it's like <laughs> the universe never explains why it's just our own, way to move forward i guess like how do you choose this perspective for sure and i think i think perspective uh drives a lot of that right so like you can look at that one of two ways oh damn my blade broke uh, mm -hmm. i look at it as a really positive thing because you hardly tweaked it at all uh what That's if a sad. customer did that 
Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's the last thing that I want is to put that in the customer's hand. They tweak it a little bit and snap the blade. And now, you know, now, now you have work out there that's snapping in customer's hands. So I'd much right. rather it snap like with me than, um, right. so I think, I think it's all perspective. And, and when you, uh, you know, I mean the, the, the additive life gives you lemons, make lemonade kind of thing. Like yep. you can look at it as a really negative thing or you can turn around to something positive. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all, um, I, everyone is, uh, I think innately selfish, right? Obviously we're, we're trying to preserve ourselves so we stay alive. So like, you have to, um, so, but everyone's like, everyone is taking in what's happening around them completely different. You know, like the way I see something is going to be something different. Even if we're all in the same area doing the same thing, everyone sees something differently. Like we mentioned right before we started, I was like, Hey Chad, I'm Dustin. You know, we hadn't really met formally although we like sat down at a big table together and had dinner yep. to, around the same table but you know our past didn't really cross all that much um so like you know our own perspectives on that situation may be completely different um and you know i think this a, that's a that's a cool thing that people don't think about often they're very self-centered but in a way that like you know you need to think about how do you how do you react to things happening around you especially as makers you know there's always you know one of the things we do we always have like disasters and things and people always make mistakes and it's just how you move forward and like you said like you'd rather have that mistake happen where you can figure out how to fix it before it goes out to someone who might not, you know, might not appreciate they're getting a knife that's snapped in their hand, you know, or like they just try to move something <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely um, agree. Yeah. Um, just for the listeners, uh, we do have Dennis here with us. He's having a little trouble with his uh, technical stuff, but we're just going to keep on going. And uh, Dennis, if everything sounds okay to you, I was recording. Okay. Earlier. So we'll keep going. And if it's uh, if it's kind of funky, you can always pop out and pack, pop back in. We'll just keep recording. Yeah, yeah, keep going. I think it's just glitching once in a while for me. But gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, so again, uh, we have Dennis Tyrell from Tyrell Knifeworks. Um, Dennis has a successful YouTube channel and does amazing knives. Um, and then we have Chad Kimmel here from Summit and C Smithing, and Chad as well does some beautiful knives, beautiful Damascus, um, and. Uh, you guys have collaborated uh, to make a really cool project. Um, so, Chad, you want to start us off by telling us, tell, telling us a little bit about the project and like kind of the general idea, and then we can go into the details of it. Sure, absolutely. So, I'll, I'll start a little bit from the beginning. So, um, so inside the knife maker community, we've got just some really, really great people, and sometimes uh, when you meet some of these people, you know, kind of stars align and. Uh, I moved out to California um, in kind of a bad situation, uh, and I reached out onto a Facebook forum, and that's how Dennis and I met, because uh, I didn't have a shop to work out of, and Dennis was like, yeah, sure, drive up to my place and use my shop, like out of nowhere, just a complete stranger, a random act of kindness, and that's kind of how our our paths crossed to begin with, and so uh, we've kind of been friends since then, but um, uh, essentially Project 22 is... Uh, something that came about from um well project 22 is an existing charity right so what it is is uh 22 veterans lose their lives every day to suicide um so we wanted to uh somebody in our community was affected by this bob rankin uh, his son who was in the navy for eight and a half years uh got out for about a month and a half and took his own life um and so uh it happened like a week before blade show and uh mm -hmm. 
And so this is us trying to uh, try to support our friend and his family. And, you know, sometimes bad things happen and there's not a good reason why. And there's not you know anything that we can we can do to change. it. And so uh, um, we kind of come together as community and, um, and and sometimes the stars align and you're able to do these incredible projects. Yeah. And right off the bat, where if people want to help um, help the situation, what can they do and, and where can they go? Sure, great question. So uh, go to BobRinkinCustomKnives.com uh, and then go into his store. He's got these stickers up that are, um, it says Robert Adam Rinkin on it. And they're, they're a little collaborative sticker that we made. Um, if anybody knows Rocco Handmade, he uh, he's kind of a, a tatted up guy. He's a really, really cool guy. But he... Um, uh, he got one of his uh, tattoo friends to make some stickers. So if you go buy a sticker, sticker costs $25. Buy as many as you want. Buy some for friends. Buy some from family. You know, stick them wherever you want. Stick them in the shop. Stick them on a stop sign. I don't care. Uh, but every sticker that you buy is uh, is going to enter you for um, a chance to win this knife. So if you buy five stickers, you get five chances to win. Um, and cool. it's for the set. Uh, and we, we made some pretty special tomatoes. We'll get into that here in a little bit. And where, where is the money going? So all of the money uh, is going to go help Bob in some of the economic hardships that happen yeah. uh, when when you're uh, when you have a family member unexpectedly die. Um, and so there's uh, you know I mean they had to move and they had to you know there's there's just kind of a lot of yeah. um, things like that going on. And so uh, and and then I know Bob Bob's going to donate the rest to a. Uh, to, to a veteran organization, Warriors Way is kind of what we're looking at. Um, but there's there's a couple of really good ones that uh, that is something really like too. So we're gonna look at some of that as well. Nice. Do you know? Um, I, I'm and I don't know if this is more personal than we want to get, but do you know? Like, do you have any insight on like what um, happened with his son? Like, I mean, other than the fact that he committed suicide, but was there was was there like warning? Did um you know like i feel that's, like in a, as like a, maybe this is a man thing you know like i want to be able to like how do you fix this was there any like heads up like do you do you know anything about that it's such a good question and the answer is no so yeah, okay. it, it rarely manifests man um mm. and and we'll get into a little bit of this later but um you know talking to talking to bob he um you know his son went grocery shopping that afternoon he was going to cook dinner the mm. next day mm. um you know, 45 minutes before it happened, his son was downstairs talking to his, talking to his mom. Uh, he was, you know, smoking and joking, not actually smoking, but he was, you know, smoking and joking, talking yeah. to his mom, uh, texting his sister who just left for, uh, she went to vacation in, in Florida. And so he's texting his sister. They've got a really close relationship. You know, him and his mom have a really close relationship. Um, and then, you know, 45 minutes later, it's, it's done. Wow. Wow. Man. That's yeah. That's so. That's so scary. That's so out of out of anyone's control. You know, I mean, obviously, it was even out of his control. It seems like it, like, and that's for like, sure. Phew, that's that's tough. Yeah, and and um, you know something something that we always say it's a uh, it's a permanent solution to temporary problems, and that's yeah, uh, right. You know, that's a hard it's a hard thing to to go through, but it's you know. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Um, so uh, we want to talk, we want to go a little bit into like the background. So like how you guys got into this and then like 
you know, the, the details of what the whole project, where everything came from. Cause I know there's some really cool like materials that went into it um, and cool, ca- cool collaborations along the way. So um, Chad, do you want to tell us a little bit about how like it originated and you know, Abs- how you guys absolutely. So, so I'll start out by where I started knife making, started knife making in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, my mentor's name was Dan Graves. Dan has been doing it so long. His website is the knife maker.com. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And, and Dan's, Dan's just kind of a good old boy who opens a shop up to strangers to come by a shop on Saturdays. You pay 50 bucks for the day um, and you get to use a shop and, uh, and he stands over your shoulder and waits till you've already made a mistake and tells you you did it wrong. Um, <laughs> nice. No, Dan's a, Dan's a good guy, but, um, yeah. but Dan was put in a really cool situation. Um, somebody reached out to him, one of the cutters uh, off the line at nine 11. Um, mm. So for those of you who don't know um, the, you know, first responders are in trying to pull out people from the wreckage of nine 11. Um, these cutters came in behind them and when they needed somebody cut out, they would go in and they would cut steel beams. Mm-hmm. So they've got these massive saws uh, made to cut metal. Well, um, a lot of times these guys are sitting around, right? They're not, um, when I say they're not doing anything, there's nothing, you know, they're waiting to do something. They're waiting and, to be called upon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and so families are waiting to see if their loved ones are in there. And so mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're cutting out Episcopalian crosses out of mm-hmm. some of the steel with their, um, with some of their torches and, and, and uh, saws and things like that. And they're giving these crosses to people. Um, so somebody reached out to Dan and gave him the negative to the cross. So oh. with the cross cut out and they said, Hey, can you do something with this? And mm. um, Dan said, well, yeah. And they wanted a knife and Dan's like, well, you know, this, it's not hardenable steel, um, but I can, I can put some in the tang and we can, we can do that. And so, um, you know, Dan, uh, I was, at a military base, my ex-wife was in the Air Force. I'm currently, or excuse me, my ex-wife is currently in the Air Force. I was in, I was in, uh, in for 11 years. But um, so he's stationed, or he's right outside of Barksdale Air Force Base. And uh, and so my wife was stationed there at the time. And um, Dan loved that I was ex-military, so he gave me a couple of pieces of the steel. And so anytime, yeah, anytime I've got a post-9-11 vet um, or, or somebody significant that that, that means something to, I... Uh, I forge well the small piece of it into a tang. I don't tell mm. them about it. It's not something that I like advertise. I tell them once I give them the knife, but um, but you know it's just something that I I, I do that you know it's kind of it's kind of special and and as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really belong to me, you know. Right. So I, I I try to I try to use it, um, you know, with good intentions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's where I got the. Uh, the 911 steel um, and uh, Paxton from 5050 Forge, uh, super super good guy. Um, we we made the we made the Damascus together, but um, I, I digress. So, uh, so the week before Blade Show, uh, mm-hmm. Bob Rankin calls me. It's a Saturday morning, um, and he is just uh, in, in tears and he's having a rough mm-hmm. time. And uh, he told me, you know, the, the night before, his son killed himself and. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, Chad, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, take care of your family. I was like, we'll figure everything else out. So mm-hmm. I sent I sent Alicia from from Blade Show uh, a text message. And um, I was like, listen, we, we want to try to, uh, you know, here's what's going on with Bob's son. Um, well, I had her call me, but I, I was like, here's what's yeah. going on with Bob's son. 
he's not gonna be able to make it i was like but a bunch of us are gonna cover a stable for him it's like can i get some passes can we and she's yeah absolutely she was you know uh she jumped to help jumped to the rescue and uh and they were they were awesome and so myself rocco nico and eric we all um uh helped cover the table i think lucas helped as well we all helped cover his table and uh you know there was a rocco brought a book and you know you write a nice note to bob and um mm. and so in the meantime um while uh while we're kind of getting ready for this and everybody's got their blade show prep i was like you know it'd be really cool um since i'm going to blade show i can talk to a lot of people but i called dennis i was like hey uh so here's what happened to bob bob's son was a uh you know an eight and a half year navy vet um do you want to make a knife uh for him i've got some 911 steel and Dennis um, uh, just so happened to have um, his son was sending him some uh, uh, an arrestor cable from USS Eisenhower. Uh, that's where his son's stationed. His son's in the Navy, and uh, and so he sent him that to uh, uh, to kind of. He's like, dude, I'm I've got the perfect piece of of uh, mm. material for it, and so uh, you know, kind of snowballed from there, um, and uh, you know, I called. Uh, I called Jeff Fader and told Fader what we're doing and asked him to, you know, to give us a plug on their podcast. And, uh, mm -hmm. and Bob's actually recording on full blast uh, next Monday, I think the 31st. Oh, nice. um, yep. And so, you know, it's, it, it's cool that um, when something like this happens to somebody so significant in the, uh, in the maker community, how kind of everybody swoops in and comes together and really tries to, uh, you know, pitch, I'll pitch in and yeah, exactly. Pitch in and yeah. do their best. And, yeah. And um, I'll say like, just, just my, my own experience with the maker community knife makers and makers. Um, you mentioned like someone who's so significant, everyone swoops in, but like really, you know, I, I will say not insignificant, but small guys, you know, when things happen to people and like when we can, I've had different people reach out to me to help contribute different things. Like the community is here. And that's the one thing that's, you know, like something that, that is a, a real like pure pleasure and joy from social media is that we have this community that we can really all like we've, you know, I met everyone, you know, I met you and Dennis and so many people just through like social media community and the knife making community. It's a, it's, it's such a, a, an open and welcome place compared to in my mind, some other communities that are much more like, you know, more, uh, secluded i guess you know we're it's a very uh it's a small community i think community, but it's definitely very open and welcome and everyone's like willing to give information and help each other out it's really nice uh yeah no i completely agree it's you know what's weird about the knife making community is even adjacent communities aren't the same so like woodworkers right. or not woodworkers mm -hmm. but like like hano material guys people mm -hmm. who like that's like they're not they don't they don't have the same kind of community that knife makers have which is kind of wild right. they all, even the you know, blacksmithing community i think is where their the customers same. yeah right no i agree yeah i mean there's i don't know yeah i don't i don't know what it is i'm not sure what it is exactly but maybe it's because we all like i don't know spend so much time in our, alone in our shops or something i mean I, you would think that's exclusive not not like exclusive to knife making but i don't know Say, yeah people, no people people just really want to show off their knives so they got to get around a few other people <laughs> like check this out man. Sure. Well, how many people can i get around to show this off this is sweet yeah <laughs> it's it's funny because i don't know i don't know about you guys but i know for me personally um 
probably 90% of my followers on Instagram are all knife makers. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not customers. Like, so, so when you post something right, on Instagram, right. I'm like, Hey, I'm just showing off to my friends. Like it's not <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's what we all want. We all, I mean, that's why we all go to blade show. Cause we just want to see cool knives. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hang Listen, I go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I go, I go hang out with my friends and I buy materials. Like if I sell a knife, yeah. that's great. But like, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> cool. All right. So you have, um, you have the, the, the steel from the nine 11 towers. Um, and then, uh, so can you talk about like making the Damascus for the blade? Sure. So Pax and I were kind of putting our heads together about what kind of Damascus we wanted to make. And, uh, you know, we were going back, we, we kind of wanted to do something a little bit fancy. So we were talking about doing some mosaics and we were talking about doing, cause Pax and I, every time Pax and I get in the shop together, it's like, how far can we push this theory? You know what I mean? <laughs> cool. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and like we, we push it to where we're almost breaking it. And then um, and then we never do. And it's it's fine. But like, you know, we didn't we didn't know if that was like the right thing mm. to do here. Um, right. So um, so keeping in theme with Project 22, we took a piece of uh, and Paxton actually prepped a lot of this. So he made mm. a bar of 22 layers. Um mm. And so we took that bar of 22 layers uh, and then we sandwiched it with in, into 11 pieces. And then we did 11 layers of 1084. So it's alternating. So it's 22, one, 22, one. And so technically it's, you know, it's a lot of layers, but. Um, right. But it's 22 layers, including like the, mo- the, the mono steel and then the, the layers of 22 right that's, exactly that's cool. yeah that's and so awesome. <laughs> um and so we forged it out long ways instead of on its side um and by doing that uh a lot of people call this bacon damascus um but it's not um it's we just did it a little bit different like i've never seen anybody do it quite like this um right. and so what's what's cool about it is it looks like a freaking flag um yeah. and because nobody's a i say nobody uh other than god himself nick rossi nobody's a perfect forger (laughs) right and so you you can't get um you know there's like little waves in it and it looks like you know ripples of the flag or ripples Mm. on the water or you know i mean it's it's and there's so much symbology there um and so uh it it just i don't know it turned out really cool and so we we get this um uh this thing stacked out and uh and it was just a massive, massive bar of Damascus. <laughs> and so I think it was like 22 inches long or something like that and two and a half inches tall and um, and like a quarter inch thick. And I sent it to Dennis and he's like, like, I think I'm going to make two knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turned into a set. Or a sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I'm trying to think of like, so I'm looking at um, the the knife and they have, like you said, the bar has uh, lines going from the tip to the bolster, like through the handle. That's that's the the lines are going that way um, when you forge that out. So you had like I kind of saw on Instagram, there was a the big block with all the layers. So the, uh-huh. the 22s with the 1084 in between. Um, and then I saw like I saw you forge it sideways right instead of instead of forging the tack to stack tall like a big sandwich right i saw it go sideways now i'm assuming you kind of did both but like i was in the moment i was like wow that's a that's not the way you normally see people forge that down i guess because you wanted those layers to stand out and be thick exactly yeah and 
and what's um if anybody's ever worked with Paxton or worked with really people that make Damascus on like a larger scale, um they use kiss blocks. Uh and mm-hmm. Paxton is anal about them. And it's made me a better forger for it. Right. Um because when I first started making Damascus with Dan, um, and I probably made, uh, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 billets of Damascus before I ever started to make my first Damascus knife. Because um, mm. Dan put me to work. Um, but <laughs> right. uh, I, was, I, was, I was cheap and free labor. So, um, uh, and not very smart labor either. So um, <laughs> when, when I forged with Dan, he used some kiss blocks, but it was more like, eh, this looks about how thick I want it. It um right. it wasn't you know in Paxton's uh he's very meticulous so he's got he's got his two inch kiss blocks and he's got um he calls it two and a fatty um <laughs> so <laughs> so he'll he'll put like it's like a thirty second almost on right. top of his two inch um to to get his two inches and then when he turns it to the side to to kiss it um to knock it down to to a, a true two inches he gets that <laughs> big pop. Where where all the forge scale pops off and he gets uh, it all yeah. in one grade and and if you ever do wa- go watch his TikToks his TikToks are yeah. awesome but if you watch his TikToks when he's when he's squeezing that down um, he has the best pop in the game it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> you lose that that's the the fatty that comes off yeah yeah exactly yeah so he's got he's got his two two and a fatty um, but yeah no pa- and Paxson's uh, I mean I can't say enough good things about him and uh, you know I met him through tragedy too. Uh, he lost mm. his finger um, uh, in a coal iron uh, forge press. Um, what? Yeah. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, they they were talking about a knife talk, and this is uh, this is an inappropriate story, so it's probably perfect. Um, <laughs> so uh, I reached out to Paxton to just kind of see how he was doing. I I think I bought Damascus from him before, but I didn't really know him very well, mm. and so. Uh, I reached out to Pax and I was like, "Hey man, how are you doing?" And he's like, "You know, I, I, I think I'm fine. Like they hadn't taken the finger off yet. Um, they they weren't sure like how much of his hand he was going to be able to use. Like there was there's a lot of unknown, you know. And right. everybody's yeah. reaching out to Pax and hey, are you going to be able to work again? Are you going to be able to forge the mask? Like and he doesn't have these answers, you know. Right. And uh, and I I remember the second the Pax and I became friends because I I told him I was like, "Hey man." Uh, just look on the bright side. At least it's going to feel a lot bigger in your hand. <laughs> and dude, he he called me. He's like, dude, you have no idea how bad I need to hear that. Like, just, yeah, right. I need I needed some levity. And like, I you know, everybody's asking all the time, like, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? Yeah, and it's, right. It's especially yeah, when you don't have the answers. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Really. Um. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> kind of how Paxton and I met. But Paxton's dude, he's, uh, he's just one of those guys. He's salt of the earth. Um, and he, uh, he, he only lives like an hour and a half from me. So I go, nice. uh, yeah, the, the only, uh, my only experience with him is just like his, you know, I, I follow him on Instagram. So it's just the, like that view, the first person view of like pulling the steel out of the what's uh-huh. it, kerosene or something. And then yeah, exactly. walking over it into the forge. That's like his, his like signature video shot. You know, yeah. like I know that one, like the back of my hand, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's him. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen, I've seen other people do it too. And you're like, yeah, it's just not the same. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, so that's, uh, that's kind of how, how that started, but yeah, but, but you're right. So we, we forged it long ways, which is not mm-hmm. the typical, but we wanted the bold, really bold pattern. 
and we were going back and forth whether or not we wanted to make the um uh the alternating layers uh 1084 if we want to do 1520 so right. having that like silver so we weren't we weren't real sure paxton's mm-hmm. like dude i think we need to do the the dark i think it'll look better and dude it came out mm-hmm. so freaking good so the um what's the what's the 22 layer is that 1084 and 15 and 20 it's 1084 and 15 and 20 and then okay. the, the alternating the layers in between yeah it's 1084 nice. 12 yeah. nice yeah, Sweet. which so, is which is interesting yeah. to me because I, I I quit making my Damascus out of 1084. I do all mm-hmm. uh, Crew Forge V or um, uh, ADCR V2. Oh, right on. Why why did you switch? Um, I like the uh, the vanadium. Um, okay. And yeah. and and I hate uh, I hate myself and hand sanding is. Uh, you know, could it be the, that's, that's the real answer is because I hate myself and hand sanding is going to take forever, but I'm, I'm out of, after my, uh, after my temper, I'm at like, you know, 62, uh, sometimes yeah. 63 Rockwell, um, nice uh, on Damascus. And typically my Damascus is going to be, you know, 59, uh, after temper. Um, right. So, which I think Dennis, that's right. That's what this came out at. 59 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. 59 yeah. And a half. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I um, I do predominantly 1084 with you know mono steel knives. I just I really like 1084. I like working with it. I like the way it, you know it holds an edge and and it you know and I I do not like again I'm a, I'm just a hobby knife maker so I don't have a um, I don't have a kill and I just heat treat out of the out of the forge and it's always worked really well for me. I've had I've had a little trouble with some other steels and um, although I've done you know like. Uh, like te- I've done 1084 and an 80 series V2 also works really well. So, you know, I haven't ever had any problem with that. So that's usually my go-to. I like yeah. 1084 is great out of a, out of a kiln. Um, it's, it's one of the, anytime I, I tell people to, you know, to start with a beginner steel, it's 1084 mm-hmm. or 1080 is what I, what I always suggest. Um, they're both great, great kind of um, not, not saying that you're a beginner cause you're not, but I'm saying like when, when I'm recommending steels, I always keep people away from, 1075 or 1095 uh because yeah. it just requires the soak time and right yeah and it, yeah just it just takes much more like focus and time and effort into it if you're if you're doing something that you're not going to have a perfect uh temperature like a kiln then you want to have something that you have some variance you have some you know some flexibility there yeah. that's sure also vapor jackets i mean vapor jackets are a thing mm-hmm. and you'll get auto hormones and stuff like that and yeah. um and sometimes they can look cool but i had a buddy of mine in canada he was making um, Suspender Brothers, if you know who they are. Um, he was making this this killer um, feather. I mean, it was really, really killer. But when he sticks his uh, Damascus into the quench, he doesn't agitate it. And oh, so geez. there was a vapor, vapor jacket. And so he's got this mm-hmm. big auto hormone in the middle of his feather. And he's like, what the hell just happened? I'm like, I, <laughs> that sucks, man. <laughs> how, how do you like, I don't know. I, I feel like that seems like... Um, even when I was first starting knife making, I feel like everything I saw, you know, even like very basic, just watching random YouTube videos and stuff, or like even before YouTube videos, like, you know, people were always agitating it. So I just assume, you know, like when you do it, that's kind of what you think. And, you know, you hear about the reasons why you learn the reasons why later because of the yeah. paper jacket, you know, yeah. but like, I don't know. It seems like uh, if you get to that point where you're making Damascus, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard for me to think of how someone could have made it that far and not, thought about that as like a, a very like important thing <laughs> but what are you and, and this guy the the kind of damascus this guy's making is like like he follows 
um like Mureko and a lot of those guys and mm-hmm. like like that's the that's the cowboy of Damascus this guy's getting into and uh <laughs> and then you see him do something just really dumb and listen i mean we all we all do dumb shit right yeah, to, exactly um <laughs> you know uh do you guys know who ed jits is um yep. edward mm-hmm. raduin um yeah. ed's dude ed's awesome but i don't know how many times he sent me a video He's like, dude, look how thin I got this knife. I was like, oh wow, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, guess what? It's not hardened yet. Oh jeez. <laughs> and I'm what like, you learn, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh man, that sucks. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, um, all right. So, you, okay, yeah. So we get the Damascus made. made. Damascus, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we get the Damascus made. We send it over to Dennis, and then uh, I'll let Dennis take over and shut up for a little bit. <laughs> sure hopefully uh, my audio is okay so i'll keep going you guys tell me if it's not <clears throat> uh, you sound good good so yeah i got the damascus it is way bigger than i thought it was going to be um which is cool <laughs> <laughs> um so as soon as i saw it i was contemplating do i make this massive chopper or whatever and i and i, I wanted to go kitchen knife uh to make it more appealing to a larger audience so more tickets yep. would be sold yeah so I ended up doing a two knife set. So there's like a K-tip Gyoto. And then I figured I would keep with the kind of a Japanese with a Western handle theme and went with a Santoku beside it. Nice. So, yeah, definitely lots of a, steel to do that. Yeah, I was looking at when in your video you have it and I was you were like, hey, here's the piece. And, and I'd seen obviously thumbnail and I knew you had done two knives. I was like, you know. It was a long piece, but I was in my mind. I'm like, how do you get two knives out of that? That's like two. And like I'd seen your knives, but then obviously it was like one was up, one was ver- you know, up right side up, and the other one was yeah. upside down. Right? Yeah, you so got a six. You got a sixty nine them. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and as uh, Chad said, um, my son's military. He's Navy. He's on the USS Eisenhower aircraft carrier, and. Um, well, he and I were already talking um, because I wanted a piece of arrestor cable, which is, for those that don't know, that's the cable that stops the planes when they land on the deck. Yes. And uh, they just throw that cable overboard <laughs> when they replace it, literally. Yeah. So I asked him and then he said, well, let me go ask the boss, the bosses, whatever. And uh, he came back and said, how much do you want? And I was like, oh, <laughs> let's see, how much can you ship to me? I was going to say, how much did you get? Uh, it was about uh, 20 inches. But the cable okay. is about, it's about two and a half inches across. It's a big cable. How much can right. I yeah. carry in two hands? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And he also gave me some smaller cable that was related. It's not, I, I don't know where that cable was from, but um, he gave me some smaller pieces of cable as well. Yeah, that's wild. I was surprised at how thick that was. Like, it makes sense because you like yeah. it just it makes sense when you think, OK, yeah, it's got to be that big. And you see you see the jets landing and you can see the cable. Right. So it's got to be a big cable. But then just seeing how thick that was on your table, I was like, man, that is crazy. You know how like rigid something that that thick has got to be like. Yeah, and, but I've seen wild. videos of the planes landing and it looks like the cable is like an inch thick not two yeah, and a half right. inches thick because it really right. moves when the planes land i know it's like a rubber band you know, right and you see like oh wait, this yeah. is a twisted braided cable it's crazy yeah you know what's wild about those hooks so i, I used to work on f-15s and um cool. and oh it's a super cool aircraft but a buddy of mine he worked on the 117s 
And when you meet him, we called him Chocolate Chip Face. He looked like Morgan Freeman. Um, <laughs> so, but and I didn't realize. I thought I was just making fun of him because of a deformity in his, but I wasn't. Um, <laughs> he. Uh, so we have to do these tests on the aircraft where you take. Um, there are these air cartridges that we we put in the aircraft. It's basically a shotgun shell without any propellant, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. Or excuse me, without any projectile. Um, so it's just propellant. It shoots gas, and then this gas unlocks various hooks on the aircraft. So if you have to jettison um, like a uh, a pod or if a, a missile store or right. um, for the F-117, the arrestor hook uh, as well. Um, but the, the difference in the F-117 is it's painted. So it's got this uh, radar reflective paint on it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what makes the F-117 an interesting aircraft because it's a, uh, uh, technically it's a bomber because it only holds two bombs but it's like a hyperspeed bomb anyway so it's it's this whole yeah it's it's a it's a pretty cool thing well part of our job as the crew chief when we're doing that is to um uh is to make sure that we hold on one second i've got to turn that off somehow um did you guys hear that beep no just me anyway no. so uh perfect then i'm not going to turn it off um so uh we have to pull all these cartridges out before we do a test and we're doing a jettison test and you have to turn the aircraft on and you hit the jettison button, but it's really important that you take all these carts out. Well, mm. somebody in his crew didn't and they left the one in by the arrestor hook. And so the hook blew, it comes down, knocks him out, almost kills him. Um, but all this, but all this paint goes flying into his body. And so all these little black chips that he's got in his body, I thought I was making fun of him for like having moles or something. It wasn't. It was right. because he took, he literally has paint embedded into his skin and it'll never come out. Holy cow. That's crazy. Yeah, but but he doesn't show up on radar. But he doesn't show up on radar. <laughs> he's still stealth. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Only half of him is showing. He's like every, like, he's like a, a net. <laughs> like something's there. <laughs> oh. So yeah, it was it was pretty coincidental that um, my son Cameron was sending me this cable. So I figured I wanted to use it in some respect. Uh, obviously, the Damascus was already done, so I figured I would make the pin material, and which was very interesting. Uh, forge welding Damascus cable down to like a cigar shape, and then turning it on the lathe down to three sixteenths, which I've never <laughs> turned anything that small, uh, but it worked. Um, and made the made the uh, the pin material out of that. How much um, how much of the cable did you use to do that? Not very much. I mean, uh, like, yeah. And I t- I took a couple of strands. I didn't use the whole two and a half inch thing. So oh, gotcha. uh, it was a couple of strands together. Got yeah, because I saw you like you twisted it first to kind of solidify it. Right. And uh, so when you twisted it, that was only a couple strands that you were twisting together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's six strands. In fact, the center of that cable is a rope that you have to remove. Um, because it it, they soak that rope in oil, and that's what keeps the cable from um, you know, that's what lubricates the cable. Oh, right. So you have to unthread it just to get the rope out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, that was the pin material. And then, of course, like the, the construction of the blades was mostly just stock removal. Right. Um, yeah. Then we get into the handle material. So Lucas O'Hara approached me at um, once he heard about the project and stuff. 
uh, approached me at Blade Show and said, would you like to use this wood? It's white oak from the last tree that George Washington himself planted on his Mount Vernon plantation. That's wild. So the tree fell in November of 2019. Um, and they started harvesting it in 2020. Uh, and the guys at Black Horse Forge in Virginia helped mm -hmm. cut it up. Mm -hmm. And that's where Lucas got it for another project. But he had some left over and offered it to this project. Mm. So we, cool. we got wood that's almost as old as the United States. Mm. Oh, man. That's so cool. That's like, <clears throat> it's uh, whenever, you know, like when I'm using wood, um, you know, especially when like a, something comes down or to be chopping up, you start to like process it. You know, I think about like the age already, you know, like using something like I picked up a piece of, you know, I got a piece of bog oak, but that, you know, bog oak was like from 3,500 BC or something, but mm -hmm. even, you know, oak and, you know, and any wood that you get, even from a store, everything has got, it's like hundred years old, 200 years old, 300 years old, you know, like this stuff is already that old, even though like you're using it fresh, it already has like such a history to it. So that's like such a cool one that they can like actually, you know, um, trace that back to George Washington planning it yeah. on Monticello. It's super cool. And there's um, and there's there's um, Washington Post articles on this tree, and there was a couple of, um, uh, Civil War soldiers that had carved something into the tree, and there's actually oh, wow. provenance of like the tree with the markings were still on the tree, so they definitely traced it back. This is not a you that's know, wild random yeah, but and right, it, someone's like, yeah, this is a piece of oak from Washington. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, the weird thing is, and I don't know if it was just because I know it's George Washington, but while I'm sanding this wood, it has the most amazing smell to it. And I don't know if it's just the history because oh, wow. I know it, but right. probably the best smelling wood I've ever had in the shop. Oh, man, that's wild. It's <laughs> cool. Yeah, is it like psychosomatic? Right. That's just like, yeah. It's like, does it, if a tree falls in the woods, does it make any noise? <laughs> is margarita That's better awesome. on the beach? Or is it just. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. <laughs> un 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 unrelated, you know how we, we all find ways to get wood? Like everybody has yeah. like a stash, right? Have uh -huh. you guys ever walked across the street Blade Show and there's that there's like that daycare? There's a massive burl on the yeah. side of that tree. Yeah, I, we saw it too. I, yeah. I want to. I every year I threaten to bring a pickup truck and in like a ladder and just just pull up next to it. You can you can throw some eye bolts in there with some rope and 
You could do a pulley system, <laughs> cut that burl off in no time, and drop through the <laughs> back of off, a truck. Yeah, paint it up real quick. Boom, gone. Yeah, good to good to go. Like freaking Ocean's Thirteen. <laughs> Just wear those orange vests. No one would even question you. Absolutely not. No, dude. <laughs> yeah. Put put an orange vest on. I already have a lanyard for Blade Show. Um, throw a couple of radios on your hip. You're fine. <laughs> and everyone at Blade would be like, "Oh, someone finally did it." <laughs> I don't even know what kind of wood the tree is, but it does have a big burl on it. Oh, uh, it's. I want to say it's a. Um, um, oh gosh, what grows acorns? Uh, oak, right? It is an oak, oak tree. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is an yeah. oak. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. it's not that interesting, but right. But still, well, burl's bur- always going to be interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, that- I have been. I have Ben Sterl. Ben called me one day. He goes, "Hey man, can you can you be at my house in the next couple of days?" I was like, "Why?" He said, "I've got I've got about five thousand pounds of mesquite burl that I'm going to burn oh. if you don't want it." And I'm like. Oh. I, I was like, I can't be there. I'm sorry, man. Oh, He's like, all right, man. you're you're lost. I'm burning it. <laughs> you're like, uh, can you cut a piece off and send it to me? Right. <laughs> oh um, man, Dennis. So you did those for the scales, and in, in the video, you're like, it's not. I mean, for the side of the wood, did not look that interesting. So you put the really nice blue scales on. I mean, the, the other part of the handle, but the top of the scales came out really nice. It's got some type of like like darker and lighter pattern yeah so almost like a speckled look what is that so the yeah so for everyone else the the you know it's the george washington wood is great but it's white oak not very interesting so we ended up using that as liner material and but pretty thick i left it about a 16th and then i used um blue like dyed blue tiger maple um nice and I think that the dye wasn't perfect, which actually turned out kind of cool because there's some almost like these wispy areas that have almost like the white um, maple color. The maple, nice. <laughs> so that yeah. kind of blends in. It actually ended up being really cool because it blended in with the, the liners really well. Um, nice. And I wanted the blue. I picked that material specifically for the blue waves to represent you know, the blue waves of the ocean because Bobby right. was Navy. Yeah. Um, so I thought that went really well. Nice. Yeah, that looks, it looks so nice. And you know, like when you mentioned it, like before you mentioned it and I'd seen the the pictures, like that's, that was my mindset was like the, you know, the ocean waves are like the lines on the steel and the blue. So yeah, it definitely uh, came across really well. Mm-hmm. Turned out so nice. Um, so uh, one thing I want to go back to you in the video, um, you talked about tapering the tang of the handles um, and you did that on your um, you have a, like a flattening surface grinder, jig, right? yeah. or the uh, surface grinder. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you do? So I was like, you said you did shims to bring up the wood. Um, what did you do? Because like you, you explained it really quickly and I didn't really get it in the video. Cause I was thinking like, okay, in that situation, like if you just clamp everything together, and then you shim up just one side so that way the steel is, you know, per, per, or parallel with the surface grinder. Is that kind of right. what you did? Or? That's kind of what you have to do, but you have to do the scales okay. um, one at a time. Because if you just stack two mm. scales and you drill through, when you put them on the knife, they right. won't line, like, because of the angle of the taper, those holes right. won't line up. So you have to put Get the knife, scale, and um, 
shim at half the width of the difference between the front and the back. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have a whole video on how to do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just so your pins go through, because if you try to do it the other way, you know, your pins won't go through. Right. Yeah. And I guess in my mind, I was like, cause, cause I, I have not done a taper tang, but I was about to, at one point, like years ago, I have, I had a blade that was, that I was going to do taper tang on. And I guess like my idea to do it would, would have been just to like, um, clamp the, the scale. Well, yeah, maybe not. No. Cause I was thinking, <laughs> I guess in my mind, I'm thinking like clamp the scales on either side of the handle or either side of the blade and then just drill straight through but then how do you then, how do you locate you know, your hole but then how do you look at your holes that's what i just thought i was like wait no you can't do that yeah you spit on it throw some flour yeah right. yeah, I, <laughs> right, yeah right. in the other video when i show this i actually accentuated a lot and then right. you see it and once you accentuate it a lot, then it makes sense. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's why you have to do this. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, because I, I, I understood the whole thing, right? It's like, of course, you can't clamp together because then you're, they're going to be like not straight across. They're going to be at an angle to each other once that's splayed out. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I love the look of the tapered tang. I, I'm, it looks so I'm, good. Yeah. I'm warming up to it a lot. I'm going to do a lot of those on chef knives, especially. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah, the I, first time I saw one, uh, Matt Gaskill. Um, who actually, you know, you look a lot alike. He's good looking too. Good. He's good looking too. <laughs> um, it's 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 definitely not a bad thing. Matt's a, Matt's a good dude, but Matt makes some incredible knives. Um, mm. But he uh, he does these taper tangs that are, I mean, just really sharp looking. He actually put a uh, um, like a calculator on his website so you can go and uh, calculate how much you need to shim each side to to taper your tang. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> that's well, crazy. Measure the front, measure the back, subtract them, divide by two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's all you do. <laughs> some some calipers and you're good. Dennis Dennis also knows how. <laughs> He's Dennis is the calculator. It's like this is the number to call when you need to figure out your proportion. I'm a math major, remember? <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> And, and a Canadian, so your school systems are better, too. Uh, well, <laughs> so they tell me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I've seen a bunch of, like, I actually, I don't know if I've ever seen a taper tang on a culinary knife, but I've seen them on a lot of bushcraft knives, because, you know, that's your start, like, the, the stock is usually thicker to be, like, a stronger knife, and I've seen a lot of people doing that, and that you can really see it, because it's quite accentuated, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. I like it, because I don't, I don't have to drill holes in the tang. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Dennis, were I, you all like, um, I guess Chad too? Were you guys more careful with the process of of making not only Damascus but doing the knife? Did it slow you down, knowing that there's some importance to it, and there's some like, I really want to get this right? Did you like? Was there any not not that you? takes lesser steps but were there things you didn't oh, yeah. risk <laughs> yeah like um i did all the grinding post heat treat on this knife which i don't my normally man. do my man um <laughs> uh in fact i and when i even when i heat treated it at full width full thickness i still had a slight warp that i had to fix and temper yeah oh. which i i think i tempered that thing like six times um oh, to, to get that warp out because <laughs> i wanted it perfect so it, 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just, I could, I could imagine the pressure, and you're like, ah, I'll just take my time on every little step. But you're also right. in a bit of a rush to get it done. So it's, right. it's really great. You guys came up with such a beautiful set of knives. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine like the, you know. I mean, each of those things, but especially like the wood, you know, being like the, the George Washington wood and <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, I don't know how much extra you had, but yeah, if you like zero, not enough, <laughs> not, no, no. Not enough. <laughs> if I screwed that up, uh, it was done. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. You're like, I'm going to edit that out of the video. <laughs> well, like, 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 like mis drilling a hole or something like that okay, would have yeah. been Detrimental. catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, there's no like, oh, let me just try to bend this back into place like I did with my knife. You know, like, oh, let's see what it does. Bing. Like oh, this would done. this wood touched George Washington wood at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. there. There. yeah. I, I rubbed um, it on the pieces. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it has George Washington wood sawdust in it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Mixed in with the epoxy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always I always heat treat my chef knives relatively thin, but I don't. Um, I I always grind post heat treat um, because I'm going so thin. Like I'm I'm doing three thirty seconds typically, like my my spine, um, mm -hmm. and so I, I typically do uh, all of my grinding post heat treat because I, I just don't want to, especially when it's Damascus. Right. Yeah. Um. But. So I guess the only thing I think about that is that you won't really know. Well, I guess you kind of understand the pattern. When you understand Damascus, you understand what the pattern should look like at the end. But, you know, I guess everything grinding. You know, yeah, I mean, you I can. It's, it's not going to you're, you're either going to get it or you're not. And so whether you grind it before heat treat or not, it's still going to be the same pattern. I guess yeah. And, and I mean, I clean there. I clean the steel. There's not like forge weld or anything like that on right. there or gotcha. or scale or anything like I clean the steel. But um, but yeah. And so in fact, that's how I get it so thin is because I'm, I'm usually using a surface grinder. But um, right. But yeah. And you can and you can etch, you know, non-hardened steel and still see a pattern. Um, right. It's not, yeah. you know, and in fact, the colors are reversed. I don't know if you know that or not. No, I didn't. That's wild. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. I want that's yeah, no, that's crazy. That's new to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dennis, watching your video, there's one what there was a really odd thing. It was when you went to I I forget what point it was, you were grinding and there's like a three second really slowed down shot of grinding. What was that? Oh, that like, was probably on the big surface grinder. Yeah, but why like three seconds and why super slow? I don't know because I thought it looked cool. Because it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like the sparks. So. <laughs> but it was like so quick. I was like, "Oh, that's and it's done." And you like moved on to the next thing. I was like, "Yeah." Hey. I figured people were bored of watching a surface grinder go back and forth. <laughs> I'm, so like, so one, I'm never one bored. Last, <laughs> one last, one last beauty shot, and then move on. Right. Well, <laughs> what, what you don't see is because these guys sent me quarter inch stock. Uh, I was on that surface grinder for probably over an hour. Um, <laughs> you know that's what you asked down. for right i no i didn't i said i wanted two inches thick i two inches wide not uh no that's not what you hold on hold on we're checking we're, uh, we're going back we're checking we're checking like, he wants quarter i may no, I, I might have said quarter but i don't i don't remember by two inches all right <laughs> i probably didn't know what i was making back then so maybe i did say quarter inch <laughs> 
Just give me the best you can get, the thickest you can get. I um, want it all. Also, in the photos on Instagram, there's like a red, a red hue on the blade. Is that just the lighting, or is that's that just lighting? Like yeah, it was one of the photos. I I'm no photo editing editing expert. Um, <laughs> I couldn't get that red tinge out of it. Okay, I mean it, it, it looks fine. I was just wondering what it was. Yeah, well, no, it brings no up a, a good point because I want to I want to talk about Jocelyn Fraser for a second. So she. Uh, she donated um, some uh, some Photoshop photos for us, uh, that some Blade magazine quality photos um, that she does just so well. And um, and if anybody ever needs like that service, um, she does a really cool thing where she'll take it from your iPhone pictures. So you can take a couple of pictures of your iPhone, send it to her digitally, and then she'll give you um, you know these these blade quality photos and uh and she wow. does an incredible job but she donated her time doing that and then she's posting about it too and she bought some you know she bought a ticket and she's um you know she's been really supportive that's cool yeah i i um i saw a couple people post um pictures from her of their blades yeah and i I'd, I'd seen her before but not that often but you know that's really beautiful work yeah so her dad's a knife maker um and she's a kid oh, cool. Like people don't realize, I say a kid, she's 22, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so her dad's a knife maker. Um, he's a pretty talented guy, but super introvert. So like he doesn't go to any of the shows or anything like that. <laughs> right. So like, it's, it's funny cause she knows more knife makers now than he does. And, uh, and he's been, and he's been doing it for 20 years, you know, but, um, you know, when, when we were in blade, I kind of, I kind of tried to get them involved and introduce them to people because she's, uh, she was the official photographer for blade this year. Um, and so, which is super cool because they fly her out, they put her up and then she's, she gets to do all the, um, the, the winter photos for the, uh, uh you know, the knives that are submitted and, um, and yeah, so that's, yeah. that's just a big honor, but, uh, so she was pumped that that happened and, um, but she, her mom, they go, you know where we really want to go to, to eat? I was like, where? They said Waffle House. Because um, they, they don't have one in Montana. And I was like, okay, yeah, there's one across the street. I screwed up and told them that I'd, I'd take them there Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Um, knowing damn well I was going to be up till 4 o'clock in the morning Saturday night. And, uh, and yeah, so there was a... And having that's to what, drive back Sunday, you know. That's what Waffle House is for. For sure. <laughs> exactly. Cover a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Sop it up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but the, the photos did who took these photos for the uh for the for the knife? They're really nice. So uh, Dennis I, Yeah, ahead. I took the photos and then she took one of those photos and touched it up and made them look way better. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're still they're really nice. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you in a um in a, in a dm or uh i i right. still need to post about it I'm, I'm trying not to um uh i need to post about it this weekend so i'm, I'm trying to hold off i'm posting because everybody's posting we've got almost right. 45 days to to like keep this momentum going and so i don't want to make right. um too too many posts about it so i'm, I'm going to make a big post about it this weekend and um and then bob's got uh he's got a gofundme as well um going so so he's got the uh the knife raffle, which is great. He also has a GoFundMe. Um, so if that's something you guys want to uh, support, um, you can go to Bob Rankin's uh, Instagram page and he'll have links to the GoFundMe. I'm going to make uh, do like a Facebook post about it as well. So, um, 
but yeah, so they've they've gained a bunch of money, and um, you know what's really cool is uh, and and if you want, you can reach out to Bob, and I'm sure Bob would be more than willing to share. Um, he put together uh, this PDF document, um, a bunch of uh, Robert. So his son's name's Robert. Some called him Bobby, but um, a bunch of Bobby's friends put together some emails and sent uh, sent Bob Rankin stories and emails about Bobby and, uh, you know, just kind of an outreach of like how much they love him and, and what kind of person he is. And so if you want to reach out to Bob and, uh, and ask for a copy of that, Bob wants people to know, you know, how good of a man Bobby was. And, uh, and, you know, Bob said it on, um, on the work for it podcast. And it, it's something that really kind of, you know, hit me as a father. He's like, you know, everybody's going to love their kid. He's like, but my goal as a father is to be able to like my kid too. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, I really liked who he was as a man, who he was as a person. And, uh, and that was, you know, that, that's something that really hit hard because, because listen, kids are assholes, right? And we don't always like them. Yeah. Um, we always love them. We're always going to love them, but sometimes right. <laughs> uh, we don't always, we don't always like them. I mean, that's for everybody, but like, you know, yeah. for, but you always feel guilty about like, man, my kid's a dick today. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. What did I do wrong? Right. Exactly. What did I, what did I do? To serve this? So, so yeah, no, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, well, and I don't know, mine's, mine's eight. And so you, you catch yourself having to say just ridiculous things, um, that you, that you never think you'd have to say, like, Hey, why are we, why are we playing in the toilet? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. I'm like, you know, that's where dad, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's where dad poops. Right. She's like, what? I'm like, you do too. <laughs> And she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't play in here. I'm like, you're eight. You're you're not three. Like, come, come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. What are, we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Conversation I didn't think I had to have anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's uh, – so I think that was a good, like, transition into the recommendations. Now, typically we do a bunch of – you know, we'll all do recommendations, but we want to kind of re-recommend where people can uh, – to go and support the um, – the build and support Bob Rankin. So you already said he's got to go fund me through his Instagram, but where people, where can people go again to get the stickers and stuff? www.bobrankincustomknives.com. Uh, go to his shop, check out the stickers in the shop. Uh, you can also watch uh, Dennis's YouTube channel um, at Dennis Ty or excuse me, Tyrell knife works on YouTube. The guy does a fantastic job. Go check out some of his other stuff. I'm actually on one of his uh, uh, triple T tool tuesdays from oh, from yeah, early yeah. early early on oh that's way back <laughs> oh, yeah. i saw that today because i was looking i was looking to see because like on your instagram post uh chad you had said like check out the youtube video so then i went to see if like if there was a if you had a youtube channel as well and it was like you have a youtube and it's like it's like a short or something and then i was like looking and then and then i in the search came up with like you and dennis i was like oh that's got to be it that's got to be recent and i was like wait that's for three years ago or something like that i was like oh man yeah that's when (laughs) dennis and i first uh first started hanging out but but yeah so that's that's where you go by the stickers and um and check out dennis's channel it's uh it's it's awesome man i i i'm so proud of like what all dennis has done um, it's it's cool to be able to call him a friend and uh, to watch him kind of grow all of this, and it's it's a really yeah. special thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that like I've um, as well. Like you know, Dennis, we've also been friends for a while as well, and just like seeing how um, 
how inspired you are with what you're doing and how like how I could tell how like I don't know. It seems like you're just like really motivated to push yourself further and further and further. And maybe it's like, because it feels like to me, it, it, it comes fairly natural to you. And because of that, it's like, it's exciting. You keep pushing yourself and doing really cool, like really cool things. So it's just fun to watch. Well, it's, it's super fun and I'm having fun with it. When it stops being fun, then, you know, things might be different. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, it's funny in the, um, we did a short uh, blade show video just put it out last week and yeah. we got like a section with a bunch of people we like talk and eat too and like and then dennis i think there's two of your knives or maybe three of them in the video but you're not there because when we came <laughs> around to shoot it you were away <laughs> and not near your food so it's, your knives got in there as long as the knives made it that's the fine. knives made it. <laughs> at, least, at least two of the knives in, in separate occasions came <laughs> yeah, we're just there talking to Jared and and uh, Brian Cohn and stuff. We're just looking at the knives and I'm like, "Don't worry, I can pick these up. I know who made them. It's all right." <laughs> well, you guys will have to stay tuned to see what I do with the rest of the cable from the Eisenhower. Ooh. Are you going to build a new cable? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just sit down and made a new one. I, I'm going to build an F16 and then <laughs> so I uh, I know how to maintain the armament systems. Oh. It'll be a sword for which my new oven coming next week will be used. Oh. Hey, all right. Nice. I I speaking of F16s, um I may or may not I can't wait till he hears this. Uh, I may or may not have talked uh Brian House's kid out of joining the army. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what you you told him to join the air force? Yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> oh, I was going to tell him to join the navy. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, honestly, that's that was kind of the that was kind of the direction that I put him. I was like, it's like if you don't, I get it, you don't want to join the navy. I get it. Ships aren't for everybody. I understand. I was like, but <laughs> if you're going to join the armed forces, uh, the air force is, in my opinion, the way to go. It's just the quality of life's better. Listen, my my ex wife almost got stationed at Fort Fort Carson, right? So she's Air Force, but that's I an Army it base. Um, it's in Colorado. This is not a joke. They pay the Air Force an extra three hundred dollars a month to have to be stationed there because of unsatisfactory oh. living conditions. It's and that's <laughs> oh not even where they're gosh. living. They give them an extra, but it's okay for the Army. The Army doesn't get anything for living there. <laughs> my, oh, my stepson's ex-army, and he just left Carson. Yeah, they oh, still live yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a really I don't know the the Air Force. Uh, I I got quote unquote I'm putting I got deployed to uh to UAE, um, and we were in I mean we were in downtown, but we stayed in we stayed in a really nice hotel, but that was for nice. 45 days, and like that's that's just the quality of life's better, you know. And so, yeah, well, I'm not sure what, what he ended up doing, but Brian did put, put one of his posts up. He said he was just, uh, there on vacation, but he said he had just, you know, he sent in Dexter back home on his own on a plane and, uh, and he had just gone to the recruiters with him. So he didn't say exactly which recruiter. He just said they had gone to the recruiter. Like, the yeah. So before. in the comments, he said army and then, uh, okay. and so I sent Dexter. So this happened literally just before this podcast. Oh, I boy. sent Dexter a message. I said, "Call me. Here's my number." I'm like, "Dude, you can join." I'm not talking to you about joining the army, but let me tell you about the army people that I've been deployed with. <laughs> and he, he was like, "Make sure you mention my name for the bonus." No, I'm just kidding. Right? Oh no, no, I don't. I'm not in anymore. I don't. 
I was like, I was like, but you know, yeah. I was like, listen, they're going to throw a lot of jargon at you. They're going to try and get you to sign contracts that you're not sure what to do. Like, call me while you're that's there. Every branch. Yeah, 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 that's everybody. I was like, call me while you're there. I'll talk to the recruiter for you. I'll. I was like, if I don't know exactly what the job is that they're asking you to do, I know somebody who does that job. I was like, mm-hmm. and I'll put you in contact with somebody who's doing it today, and they'll walk you. That's they'll walk awesome. you through like your day to day, and like you. Recruiters are are famous for this. They'll um, they'll tell you you know one thing like aircraft armament systems. Man, that sounds that sounds sweet. Oh, you're doing all this technical. Yeah. No, I'm putting big bombs on little planes, and like that's <laughs> and it's it's fine. But like that's not what the description sounds like. You know what I mean? And so right, yeah. so they they try to trick you with this jargon, and and you know what I mean you don't know any better, and that's okay because you're not supposed to. But um, right. And the recruiters, the thing is, the recruiters don't know either. Right. They're, yeah. They they think they know, but you know. Anyway, so so I was yeah, like, I mean, hey, they're dude. just they're just yeah, they're just guys with jobs, you know. Right, like exactly. my uh, my brother in law is just he's a he's Navy, he's a mechanic, and he's just transitioned over to being a recruiter, and he moved him back to like his hometown where he got recruited from. But yeah. you know, he's he's a Navy mechanic, like, and now he's just going to be recruiting for the Navy. So his job, he knows he knew his job. You know, and yep. he knew what he did. He he knows like kind of the peripheral jobs around him, but he doesn't know everything behind everything else that he's telling people to get into. So yeah, yeah. exactly. And sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. I, I got I got pretty yeah. lucky. I transitioned into logistics in the second half of my Air Force career, and uh, and because I was in logistics, I got I was deploying people right, and so mm-hmm. I got to know a lot of different people and what they do and what their jobs are and. Uh, so it was anyway. So I think I talked about it joining the army, but uh, oh, but we'll but we'll see. <laughs> and Bobby Bobby was Navy, is that right? Bobby was Navy. Yep, Navy. Yeah. What was he? Do you know what he was doing in the Navy? Uh, yeah, he was a um, a nuclear engineer. Uh, oh no, electronics wow. tech. An electronics, electronics a nuclear electronics tech. tech okay. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Which is what my son is. Not nuclear, oh. but he, he's an electronics tech on gotcha. the Eisenhower. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, and anytime, anytime you throw the N word around, um, uh, I need to specify. I realize we're on a podcast. Anytime you say the word nuclear, um, the other N word, uh, yeah. it's there's security clearances. There's there's a ton of stuff that goes into like just being certified. Like I had to load, I I loaded them on B fifty twos, and so. It's just a different kind of security clearance. You have to do, um, like, I had to do this uh, this training talking about, like, do I have a moral obligation to working with nuclear weapons, knowing that we may, you know, drop one on a bad guy one day. Um, and so, like, you've got to do all like this moral. And and there's anytime the anytime you use the word nuclear in a job, there's always going to be a pretty stringent um, requirement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, it's so uh, it's so pertinent to like the the movie Oppenheimer coming out, and you just see that you keep hearing the quote over and over again that like you know I don't know if we can you can trust us with this power, but we know we can't trust the Nazis. You know, like it's that whole like moral like is this right? Is this wrong? What we're doing, and of course, that's like anytime you decide to go into the military, you're you're taking that decision making into your own hands, and you're you know moving forward with it, and that's. You know, it takes it takes a very like special person to be able to do that and to do that selflessly, hopefully for his country or their country, you know. And so I have all the respect in the world for 
military, our military, I mean, military all around the world, people who are, you know, willing to put their life on the line for their country. It's, yeah. It's important. Fun fact. My wife works on the nuclear weapons team at the uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Does she really? Oh, wow. Yeah, she does. That's, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and she, she has uh, top secret clearance yep. because oh, she works yeah. on the nuclear weapons team. Yeah, she's got, yeah, the top secret SCI. Yep. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I always, I always told everybody that the most satisfying part of my job uh, when I was a weapons guy um, was loading a jet up full with bombs and watching it come back empty. Because uh, they fell off because you didn't put them on, right? Cor- correct. That's exactly what happened. Whoopsies. They just went around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, we were in, we were in Shreveport, Louisiana. When we, nobody nobody made uh, nobody misses anything over there. It's fine. Right. <laughs> the um, Gulf around Shreveport has got a lot of uh, ordnance in it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no, but but watching but watching the jet. So we we did the uh, the world's longest um, uh, sortie, and so it was like thirty six and a half hours or something like that. And we loaded a, a B fifty two up with forty five uh, bombs, and it took off out of Shreveport, Louisiana, hit tankers all the way to Afghanistan, dropped forty five bombs in Afghanistan, and then uh, flew back. And didn't wow. and landed in Louisiana. That's Holy that's a cow. long. That is a long. Trip. I didn't even know they had that much fuel. They don't. They hit fuel. They hit tankers. Oh okay. Oh yeah. right, yeah. Midair stuff. Yeah. But but the B fifty two keeps fuel in the in the wings. So when oh, you wow. when you watch a B fifty two fly, it's a goofy ass looking plane. Um, when you watch it fly, it's its wings flap. Mm, yeah yeah right it, no i mean it really it really does because it's a yeah. really skinny fuselage and it's got these really really wide wings and um and so yeah the wings actually flap which is the just the it looks like it's gonna fall off and you know what it might they're they were made in 1952 <laughs> like they were <laughs> um Jesus, wow. two things before we go dusty brought up oppenheimer if yeah. They shot most of that in uh, IMAX 75 millimeter, and they're oh, wow. projecting Jeez. 75 millimeter. They, I think if you look up on the website, you can go see that it projected, and I think it's like 15 spots in the U.S. So if oh, you're wow. lucky enough and you're interested enough, go see it on that because projected 75 millimeter is like seeing 10K. Well, like barely any theaters even project 4K. So if you can imagine seeing it in the biggest screen possible, projected at 10K, I mean, there is nothing like that. I'm, I'm in I, Dallas, so they may have that. They might. It, mm-hmm. It's supposed to be spectacular. So if you're going to see it, see it in that if you can. Um, they must have one you, in the how would, Yeah, right. How would you, what do you, what do you search for? Like, like just, what theaters well, just, projecting in? Yeah, there's a here? bunch of articles about it. I would go Okay. how to see it in in true IMAX, like look for true. I, I mean, you. every theater nowadays like has IMAX on it, but they're not really. You know, they, it's just it's just like a labeling, like a right a thing now, like yeah. how your phone will have like something dumb, like Adobe Audio. Like really, my one speaker, in my phone has adult. Like yeah, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but anyway, that just got me off topic. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and another nice thing, another quote to bookend it, and we can start to talk about wrapping it up. Um, the classic uh, Mr. Rogers quote, like when he was a kid, he'd see scary things in the news when terrible things would happen. His mom would tell him, look for the helpers, 
you'll always find people helping. So as, as afraid as you are, or as shit hits 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 the fan, and terrible things happen, there's always so many more people willing to help. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate you guys. You're helping. Everyone can help. Everyone can buy stickers and help when something goes down. So um, yeah, we appreciate what yeah. you guys are doing. Yeah, we yeah, we appreciate you guys. This is this is what we're this is why we're helping, right? So it's it's to create community, it's to create good, safe places for men to talk about mental health and for men to talk about, you know, things things of this nature, man. It's 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 okay to not be okay. And yeah, it's it's okay to reach out and talk to people and, and kind of have these open discussions about, you know, mental health and how it affects people and how, you know, we're, yeah. we're all, you know, we're, we're all, we're all loved and, and there's, we all want you around, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's one of the things that I think we, uh, or at least myself, I strive for as a, as a teacher and as a, a YouTube content creator, like I try to, um, to kind of you know, comment back and, and be positive and put that out there because you never know when just that little bit of positivity, a little bit of openness is going to make a difference for some people. So I just want to like, you know, reach out to the listeners, anyone who's listening, if anyone is having that an issue where you need to talk to somebody, like you can always send me a message. You can always DM me through Instagram and, you know, the whole community, the knife community and Dennis and Chad and Devin, we're all really there because like we're part of this community and we've all learned from each other and we're all out there to help. So, you know, there's always someone who's willing to listen. You know, I'm definitely, I'm always willing to listen, always willing to like give some advice. And I try to help people when I can. So, you know, please make sure that if someone who's listening is feeling that way, reach out. I'm happy to talk and happy to uh, give some advice or just, or just talk. And, you know, like, like you said, Chad, you know, when, when you were talking um, to uh, Paxton, you know, it's like in that moment, you know, you didn't know, but he needed that lighthearted reaction to his injury. And then it wasn't like, it's hard to compare two things, right? You're not comparing the loss of the finger to like someone taking their life, but you never know where it's going to go. Right. So there was always just something there, that positivity that people latch on to. Yeah. And and if it, if, if you take anything away, always make inappropriate jokes. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That makes everybody smile. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, uh, Chad, what's um? How can people find you and find more about like what you do as well as an I think? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so Summon and C Smithing is my uh, is my Instagram. I'm awful about posting. Um, so I, I'm. It's something. It's it's a goal that I have this year, and damn it, I'm going to start doing better. Um, uh, big projects I've got coming up. Uh, I'm doing the uh, the Josh Weston uh, Dragonforge experience here in Texas. Um, oh, cool. So I get to dress up in a kilt and teach people how to hammer um, uh, little uh, railroad spike knives, and oh, I'm going to nice. be doing That's I'm going to be awesome. doing that for eight weekends. Oh, uh, nice! It's gonna it's gonna be really cool. And if and if you haven't looked it up, um, the Dragonforge experience is awesome. Josh Wesson built these dragons. The very first one was made with uh, like HVAC sheet metal, and, um, yeah, and nice. they, <laughs> but they but they look like dragons, and the uh, the forge is in the mouth. Um, of the dragons it's oh, it's cool. it's super super cool they look like real dragons they're 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 awesome and so um i yeah, i get I just to be a saw character. his stuff recently that's awesome oh, dude it's so cool. he's and he's such a cool guy and i think honestly i think it's gonna be a net zero for me i think i'm gonna spend just as much money uh you know getting down because it's like three hours from me 
and uh, right. and we're camping every night. But like it's for me, it's uh, part of it is because I want to make more content. Part of it is you know right. I, I try to, I try to find stuff like this that I can sink my teeth into and um, and and force me to. To, to do that because I'm, I'm just so bad about it and so i want to i want to that's my big push this year so to kind of do nice. that so um yeah and then i've got a i've got a little tiktok channel and like you like you noticed i just started a youtube channel like last week um i posted <laughs> i posted a reel um which i'm real nice. proud of yeah but yeah. uh sure <laughs> but, yeah exactly that's that's all that's all i have so far but it's uh you know we're gonna we're gonna get there i'm gonna um i'm gonna do dennis's uh challenge here um for the uh nice for the youtube knife maker challenge for the youtube knife maker challenge yeah heck yeah awesome yeah. nice all right dennis can you let, let everybody know where they can find you oh tyrell knife works on all all platforms well except tiktok because i don't like tiktok uh, but <laughs> um uh yeah and thank you for the plug on the knife maker challenge which will start uh, roughly next week stay tuned for more info yeah. I know uh, Dustin, well, and Devin's going to be recording, I'm sure, um, yeah. is going to be part of it. So, yeah, yep, yep. Hell this yeah. One, this one's going to be epic. I can't wait to see the 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 weapons that come out of this one, uh, the viewer <laughs> comments. I think it's all going to be quite interesting. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going uh, to be a lot of fun. And I, I only do kitchen knives, so I'm making a tuna sword, but. But um, oh, nice. but some of these but some of these guys, me, dude. I I was watching some of the uh, on the last one, the chopper challenge. I was watching some of the users. They're making some incredible stuff. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. wild. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how many people like just just the talent in general. <laughs> it's just crazy when I see people making things. I'm like, geez, how many how many people can out, out here can be so talented? It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's great i love it and i got a couple of months to work on it so we should see some good stuff so i'm excited yeah man nice yeah i was just thinking uh just kind of i had an idea for what i'm gonna do so i was kind of working through it today and just kind of working out a few little drawings of what i want to do so i don't talk about too much sneak peeky yeah, sneak peeky yeah. what are we doing yeah so it's i'll just say it'll be kind of bush crafty uh, okay, i want to cool. go something that that like works with my you know my channel and what things that i yeah. like so that's yeah picture brand for sure so yeah yeah Ho hopefully we don't see like 25 tantos and wakazashis and right exactly yeah and that's i mean it's it's hard because youtube loves samurai swords <laughs> like if you do something with a samurai sword you're like almost guaranteed to get good views on it so it's hard but that's not an easy thing to make <laughs> yeah, good, like, good views and shitty uh, comments <laughs> yeah right exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's all right the algorithm doesn't know what a shitty comment is absolutely it's all, not, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, all it's all engagement i, I awesome. can't wait to read the comments that's going to be the best part right on. we should right. have a we well, should have a comment contest <laughs> yeah right um all right everybody well thank you guys uh so much for listening and thank you chad and dennis for um for hanging out with us um for some reason it looks like we just lost Devin, but we're right at the end anyway so um um just to let everybody know please take make sure you take a look at dennis's channel take a look at everybody's instagram um go to uh 
Bob Rankin's page. So Bob Rankin custom knives.com and you can get the stickers there to support um, the project 22 and get a chance to, if you buy that sticker, get a chance to win those knives from Dennis and Chad. It's awesome. Um, you guys can also over to, head over to uh, YouTube and find uh, the art of craftsmanship there and subscribe and let us know what you think. Check out our videos. We just, like I said, we just did a, a blade show video. So that one came up and um, I just made my first actual YouTube short the other day doing forging a little spoon out. So that was kind of cool. I and, saw that. That looked uh, really good. Yeah, thanks. That was a, that was a fun little project, and I was like, I was working in the shop, and then I was about to just come upstairs and see what my daughter was up to, and I kind of walked by my smithy, and I had this idea to make this little sugar spoon that's going to go into a, a bowl that I a sugar bowl that I made, and I'm going to do a top to it, and um, I was like, yeah, let me just heat up the forge. I'll just turn the forge on. I'll throw something in there, and I'll kind of play around, and see what I can do. And so I was like, well, while I'm at it, I might as well shoot i'll tr i'll try to build a short specifically because like i knew that Devin and i are doing a video on a laser etcher but that's not going to happen until like another two weeks so i was like well, let me get something up and so i just like did that and I put it together and it actually turned out pretty good and i'm getting decent views on it so that's like it's kind of cool and it was it wasn't super hard to do which is cool um but yeah so you can check that out and then uh both you can follow Devin and i on instagram at the art of crash tripping the art of camera guy to see what's going on behind the scenes and uh yeah that's all. Devin, are you back? Is he, did he make it back? I'm back. He's not alone. No, he's back. Okay. All right. Well, we're just wrapping it up. So once again, right. yep. uh, Thanks, guys. Dennis, Dennis <laughs> and Chad, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. It was a blast. And uh, for everybody else, thank you guys all for listening. And we'll talk yep. to you next Always time. a pleasure. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co